Today on the show, I'm happy to have Bryn Tillman. She's the founder of Social Sales Link. They help you start more sales conversations by leveraging the power of LinkedIn. So Bryn, you were at Dun & Bradstreet for a bit. How did you end up saving a business owner from complete bankruptcy? So this was one of my very first professional jobs. And I was in an inbound call center, really an order taker. And I never really thought of sales as a career, but I was starting out out of college and they paid a good salary. It was a great company. So I got bored pretty quickly, right? With people calling in and just ordering. So I started asking questions out of my natural curiosity. And this one woman had a textile company out of North Jersey and called and she was so excited because she got a huge order from a huge department store and she'd never had anything like this before. And she was so excited because this was going to put her on the map. So I'm selling her just a business report that she purchases just for her files. And I recognize that this particular department store pays textile companies really late. And that was in a different report that she had purchased. So I started to talk to her a little bit about cash flow. And I said, how important is it that you're getting paid on time by this company? And she said, it's very important. I don't have huge cash flow. It's so I so said, there's another report that we have. I think it was $50 at the time. I'd highly recommend that you purchase this report and consider actually going to a bank for a bridge loan because Dun & Bradstreet had trained us well so that you can fulfill this order without it taking you down. So she said, okay, you could throw it in. So I upsold her or upsolved her. And about six months later, the head uh, in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, at the Dun & Bradstreet building came downstairs and I was where I was sitting, he made eye contact with me, walked into my boss's office and sat down. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? Why are they looking at me? Anyway, they pull me in to the office and they have a letter from this woman that basically said, had I not helped her with that, she probably would have gone bankrupt and she could not have fulfilled the order and she wouldn't have done it, all those things. And that was the moment where I recognized that if we have a solution that's right for the prospect and we don't offer it, we're doing them a disservice. The sale is to solve a problem. It's not for us to make a commission. That happens to be what, what happens, right? But we have an obligation to uncover the needs of our prospects and sell them the appropriate solution for the betterment of their business. And as the back end of that is, we make money doing that. So that was my lesson in that, that little story. So that brings us into the topic today, which is social sales and mm -hmm. how when you sell somebody a product they actually need and actually solves the real issue at hand, they're basically your lifetime customer. And is that what you've experienced? Yes, and they're either the lifetime customer or the customer until they don't need you anymore than a lifetime referrer. You really create a trust-based relationship. You're more than a vendor, you're an, a trusted advisor. And there are so many levels to what you create when you do the right thing. So in doing the right thing, what are some of those scenarios where you really found that right solution for a client and then over the long term you saw some great results? I could go on with so many stories, but here's the important thing. 
as someone that teaches LinkedIn and social selling, my goal is to get you to hello faster and at a higher level of credibility. Once you do that, that whole sales process and building rapport and relationships, I've got lots of people to refer to. But that getting to hello faster with trust and credibility is really foundational. So what do we need to do? Number one, we need to earn the right to get the conversation. Just because they connected with you does not mean they're a lead. That's really clear. The second thing is you have to detach from what that prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to the prospect. This is foundational. If you go in with, boy, this could be a $10,000 sale, you're going to lose almost every single time. You need to go in saying, I am curious. I want to learn about this company, their needs, what they're looking to achieve, what are their gaps, what does perfect look like for them? And then do I have a solution that makes sense or do I know someone else who does? And when you can come in truly with that at your core and detached from your commission, you do start to build real rapport with your prospects. And when you work with them, that you've uncovered exactly what it is that they need solved. And if you have the ability to help them do that, you really have created a bespoke, a tailored solution based on what you have learned about them. But it all comes down to true curiosity. If you are not curious about that client, then it's about what you want to get out of the transaction, not what you want to help them with. Yeah, it's all about being curious on these calls and making sure you show that you're interested in them and what they're doing, their initiatives. So on the front of the right to have the conversation, how do you get that right? So there's a few ways. It is really important that we stop sharing the content we want them to know about and start sharing the content that they want to consume that will lead to our solution, not with it. So when we lead with our solution, it's a pitch. One of the most frustrating emails that I get 10, 12 times a day is, we help coaches do X, Y, and Z. In fact, we help this coach do that. And that, that is about, they, they want me to know about what they do. There's no value in that for me. It's a pitch for them. They're trying to sell me. But what if what they did was they send me content on five ways coaches can double their income in 2024 and it's just a download or a PDF or a video or something of value that is standalone value, meaning I don't have to talk to them to get something from it. So every single time we ask someone to consume our content, we are entering a transaction. It's really a ratio, an ask-offer ratio. I am asking you to invest your time, resources, energy to consume my content. So the ask is, I want your time, and the offer is for these insights. At the end of that interaction where they read it, watched it, 
listen to it, whatever that content is, there's one of three reactions. The first one is that was a bait and switch. It was really case studies that are supposed to make that vendor look good, but it had no benefit to me unless I work with them. That's the pitch, right? The second one is neutral. I don't hate you. I'm not even sure you that you wasted my time, but I have, there's nothing compelling for me to reach out or want more. And then there's compelling, which means that we move that consumer of said content from lurker to engager. They ask us to connect. They accept our connection requests. They engage on the content. They ask for more. They, we now, the, the lurker, we don't, we can't start a conversation with a lurker. We don't know who they are. But once they engage, now we have the opportunity to start a conversation with them. And we earn the right through that compelling content. How do you provide value first? The first thing you have to know is what is value to your consumer, to your prospect? Again, we tend to to, to share content that's important to us. I had a, a client who was a financial advisor who came to me and said, I'm really confused. I share content. I've got lots of engagement, but I'm not getting any prospects. They're all other financial advisors. Okay, so let's take a look at your content. And his content was phenomenal, but it was content that he loved. It attracted other financial advisors. We have to get into the shoes or the mind or the hearts and souls of our prospects and start to identify what matters to them. How do we do that? A little social research, we call it social listening. What is content they're engaging on? What is, who are their clients? And what content do their clients care about? Your client, your prospects' clients. What's happening in not industry trends necessarily for your client, but for their clients? They know what's happening in their industry, but if you can share information or insights about what's happening in the people they sell to, boy, you really stand out. So the bottom line is we need to socially listen to on all platforms, not just LinkedIn, but what matters to that business, to that industry, to their clients, and then identify with the bridge between what you do and the, the what they care about and make sure that the content that you're creating does these five things for social selling. Number one, it resonates with them. So when they're scrolling, they go, oh, that's for me. Number two, it creates curiosity, which means they're doing it. They're like, oh, I want a deeper dive. I'm going to click on see more. I'm going to click on the play button. So Resonate, create curiosity. Number three is it needs to teach them something new. Now, this isn't all content, but this is social selling content. I need to go, ooh, I never thought of that before in order for this to have an impact. Number four, it needs to get me thinking differently about the way I'm doing things today, about my current situation or the solution I've invested in. Resonate, create curiosity teach them something new that gets them thinking differently about how they're doing things today. And we're back to number five, which is we need to create a compelling moment. We need to move them from lurker to engager, whether we're asking for that compelling moment 
what what are your thoughts in common? Write your thoughts in comments. There's a, a ton of different download an ebook, whatever we want is that call to action. We need to ask them to do something so that we know who they are and we can start a conversation. How custom do you go with your content? Is it creating a piece of content that would be applicable to maybe 100 potential prospects? Or are you going, I'm making it very custom to you? Both, right? What we do, and we, have, we do this for ourselves and for our clients, is we get on a Zoom and we interview the thoughts for the month in 30 minutes. And along with ChatGPT and Dolly and Canva, we create about 20 pieces of content from one 30-minute. Now, here's the key. If you're using any kind of AI like ChatGPT and you're using the transcript, simply add to your prompt, use this transcript only, do not research. And now it's taking your words. There's nothing sinister. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to plagiarize use your transcript to do that and you're in good shape. Um, but the, 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 there's the general public, right? The large, uh, I wanting to engage sales professionals or business owners that sell. That's a huge market. But let's say, and, and here's an example. I'm not, I won't use the company name, but I have so I work with a lot of financial advisors and a lot of bankers. It's just the world I came from. And so let's say I have a financial advisor who's my client. And they're like, I have three clients that worked at ABC Company and I know their benefits plan. I understand this. If you have deep knowledge about that, write a, a, an ebook that optimizing ABC Company's benefits plan. And then you talk directly to, they match up to 4%, 100% up to 4% and then 50% and you're, and this is what you should do to maximize that benefit. Notice I'm not telling you about you need to buy life insurance from me. You don't need to. I am educating them on how to get the most of the plan they're in today. And then at the back end, here are a few gaps to consider, right? So now I have totally created content for one company with kind of a myopic myopic yeah, a focus on going after the connections of the three people that I worked with. So now I go, okay, how many other people do, do, is, are my clients connected to in their company? And can they make introductions? And then I could provide this value letting them see, I know them deeply and earning the right to get that conversation. So I really like that concept of this specific client had this specific problem. It's probably more broad appeal. There's other people who might have this problem. So I'm going to make this piece of content talking to them, that one client who I want to move through my sales pipeline, but I'm going to make it in a way to where it can address others. And so maybe I get a few more prospects out of it because it's all about finding the best use of your time while also providing a lot of value. Correct. Yeah. And you want to make sure that ebook has your contact information, your logo, it's branded for you, but it has great content. And this is the key, right? So what did that ebook do? It resonated with my work at this company. It created curiosity because I said, optimize the benefits you already have for you. I taught them something new, right? That 
got them thinking, gosh, I'm not getting this match or I'm not. But also I taught them something new around the gaps where they may they don't have long term care. Maybe that's a gap. They only have two years of life insurance. Maybe that's a gap. Right. So now I have them thinking differently about their current situation. And then I want to create a compelling moment, which is basically, hey, if you have questions, I'm here to talk. Even if you have another advisor or you're not looking to work with me, I'm happy to offer insights. Here's a link to my calendar. And so when you can create that social selling content with those five points, that you are earning the right to get that conversation. And you have to be willing to put in the time. I know both you and myself, we put a lot of time into content and well thought out content. Mm -hmm. On a weekly basis, what does your content calendar look like? I know you do podcasting, you do video. Yeah. So we have a content calendar that someone on my team completely manages. I'm very fortunate. We have two full-time video people on staff. We have a full-time graphics person on staff. We have someone who runs our LMS that's like her 100% job. So we have gotten to a place where I don't have to manage that. But we do create that for our clients. It's one of our offers that we go in and do. But how do we do great content? The number one thing you have to do is capture your genius. Everyone who's in business that has clients today has a zone of genius. They may not even realize it. But when you're talking to a client, and by the way, in every one of my meetings, I have a note taker. I use Sybil.ai, but a lot of people use Otter. whatever it is, right? You have a note taker that comes into the room and gives you a transcript. This is, I use this to remind me what my client and I talked about the last time. Well, lots of reasons that I use it. But I, if I say something and they go, oh, that's so smart, which happens occasionally, I will like, Look in at the time that I'm on the call. I'll go down to the transcript. I'll grab that content from the transcript. I'll stick it in chat GPT and I'll say, create, write a blog based on this comment. Do not research. And it does. And then I edit it to sound more like me, although it's getting better every day. And so it doesn't take a lot of time to create great content if you capture your genius. So I, if I'm walking my dog, I have an, on my phone, I have a click my uh, talk to speech. If I have an idea, sometimes I'm listening to a podcast and I go, oh, this would be great here. And I pause the podcast and I literally go into my text and I speak to text because it syncs with my computer. So when I get back, it's on my computer and I have a system in place to capture my thoughts. And now with AI, it's not a lot of work to convert your thoughts into consumable content. If our listeners wanted to learn more about capturing their genius and everything around this sales cycle, how could they get in touch? I'm still the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. So give that a shot. We also have a free library of tons of resources at socialsaleslink.com slash library. And there's a community where you could go in and ask your questions and myself and my team will answer. Thank you, Bryn, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.